spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten straight wins for Louisiana as the Cajuns march into Lynchburg, Virginia, kick some ass, and take some names. 42 to 14. Rage Interview post game, Matt Miguez, Jerry Abair, Josh Jagno. Seven sacks. Four of them by Chauncey Manack in the first half. Six takeaways. Forced by the Cajuns defense. And a special teams touchdown by a friend of the pod, Dalen Cambry. But, you know, all of that is not the most important statistic of this game. It's the fact that we are now on a program best 10-game win streak. 10-1 and one with one game left to go in the season. It's absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal. Uh, yeah, 10... 10- 10 straight wins, a new school record. Third straight season with double-digit wins. Two years ago, we were celebrating in 2019, right? Oh, my gosh, we won 10 games. First time in school history. We've had three straight seasons with 10 or more wins, and it's ongoing. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, we talk about how I like to bridge the gap between the old school fans and, and and the younger fans like ourselves. And to see us just accomplish this in the amount of time that we have, it's just, it's, it's almost, it has almost come full circle to enjoy what we've been able to pull off these past 10 weeks or 10 games. Um, what a statement game today on the road, just a pure statement game. You go in as an underdog, four and a half point underdog against a seven and three team that, pretty much gave Ole Miss all they could two weeks ago. On top of that, they were coming off a bye, you know, coming back home where the second, we were the second nationally ranked team to play at, at Williams Stadium, 15-game win streak, and we walk out with a 28-point win. Holy cow, man. That's unbelievable. Um, just, you know, this was one of those games to me where you, you go in and – Play sloppy, don't play sloppy. Play great, don't play great. No matter what, this was one of those games. You just scrap, you claw, you do whatever you can to get out that stadium with a win. Even if it, even if we played terrible, you know, even if we were to play terrible, which we didn't, thank goodness, we played. We actually played some really good ball tonight. But, you know, this was one of those games. And the bonus to it was we, we played some scrappy football tonight. We played some really good ball tonight. So I'm just so excited, just everything, you know. Everything ten and one nationally ranked once again. Go on the road against a, a really good team and, and come out with a twenty eight point victory. Just what what more could you ask for? Well, defense was so dominant. It was 
kind of bizarre. We talked about how, you know, that first quarter, especially the offense just couldn't get it rolling. And the defense was so good. You know, I mean, we're one blown coverage away from shutting them out in that first quarter. Uh, In the first half, really, I mean, that one scoring drive that they had was, was really, for me, that was the highlight of their, of their game. Um, but the flea flicker over to the running back who throws the really, I mean, it was really a dime on the, on the flea flicker or the, or the, the running back option pass, I guess is that's more, uh, more accurate. What a good throw. But outside of that play, I mean, they did nothing. Malik Willis is as good as we thought he was. Our defense was just better. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you can describe it any, any differently than that. Um, I, I'm glad I'm at a loss for words for the defensive performance has to be top three in the Billy Napier era for me. Uh, considering how good the Liberty offense has been, considering how good uh, Willis is and the fact that he really is a first-round draft pick for for quarterbacks, uh, for a quarterback and um, made him look pedestrian, made him look really not very good. I mean, at one point he was 11 for 29 for like 160 yards, two picks. Uh, we dropped two more. Uh, it, you know, I say we dropped them and we made plays on the ball, but – we we could have easily had two more interceptions, six turnovers. I would say five of them at least were forced. Um, wow, uh, special teams, like you said, Cambry made a big play. Uh, what can you say? I mean, that was just total domination. Nobody could have seen that coming. Total domination. They, the offense didn't even play well, and it was total domination. And by the way, did, did we find out something? We did. Osiris Torres, Torrance, very key part of this football team. Imani Bailey, very key part of this football team. Um, we, we need to talk more about that going forward in the next few weeks because those two guys, um, Osiris's absence really showed up in the first half. Imani Bailey's uh, presence really showed up in the second half. Yeah, I mean, just a just an unreal game. Uh, looking at the statistics, I mean, look at look at team rushing yards for Louisiana. We only had 130 yards rushing on 40 carries. Probably all in the second half. As a team, we only averaged 3.3 yards a carry. So, and th- this game wasn't super impressive from an offensive standpoint. I mean, Levi Lewis completed 56 percent of his passes. For 166 yards and three touchdowns. But, you know, outside of that stat line, nothing really jumps off the page at you except Amani Bailey getting 60 yards in in his return. But this just goes to show you how much defense and special teams just absolutely dominated this game. And in particular, Chauncey Manak, Makai Garner. Chauncey Manak. Four sacks in the first half. The the no. man the man tied his season total in sacks in the first half. He was nasty. Uh, AJ Riley was a nasty. Uh, Andre Jones nasty. That pick was uh, nasty. Zion Hill. Zion Hill doesn't have. He's not going to fill the stat sheet tonight. But he made a lot of things happen in the middle. He pushed the pocket in. He he created created for the entire. Uh, and for me, he was held a lot in the game, and that wasn't called. But. Um, I thought, man for man, our defense just played lights out. But look, when you look at the front seven um, and you go back to the App State game, right, again, and I've been saying this all season long, one thing that makes our front seven dangerous is that they, the our front seven gives us the automatic advantage to win at the line of scrimmage. When you start playing finesse teams, even when you start playing physical teams on the O-line of your opponent, 
and you're able to dominate them the way that we did tonight, the way that we did against app, there's a reason why we're 10 and one. And I know a lot of people say, well, how did Texas, you know, fall off the face of the earth since that game? But I would love to have that game back right now. No question. Right. But it happened in September. It's over with. We've won 10 since. And we've done that at the line of scrimmage. We've done it in the trenches. Um, you know, talking about the defense, look, this team, this Liberty team was averaging 450 yards a game. And that includes playing teams like Syracuse and Ole Miss. Now, granted, they had a few easy ones here and there, like UMass and whatnot. But, look, 450 yards of total offense per game is very impressive. They had 293 yards of offense tonight. 293. Um, not to mention the Cajuns' offense in the second half. I think we only had about 101, 102 yards in the first half. We had almost, we almost, um, we almost doubled that in the second half. I thought our offense kind of settled down. Uh, I noticed Billy went more to the to the to the running game in his play calling whenever uh, Liberty scored that that touchdown to start the second half um, when they first got the ball back to make it 21-14. We slowed the tempo down a little bit. We ran the ball well. We established the run game. And I think you can tell when we scored that touchdown to go up 28 to 14, you can tell Liberty started kind of getting thrown off a little bit, started to mix and match a little bit with the passing game. That's what that that's kind of our forte on offense. It's not sexy, but it gets the job done. And and you really start grounding and pounding in the trenches against against your your opponent on the D line. I think I figured out they they hopped on the trail train. And when they started running between the tackles, especially in the A and B gap, it, it just broke them. Especially that, uh, look, I, I don't think that was an interception or a turnover on that. On, on that, the the pick from from Narcisse. Yeah, not at all. You no, you saw it, it hit the turf. <laughs> that was the end of the game. That was uh, the game was already waning there, and that was the end of the game. I think they quit after that. But I agree, Jerry. As soon as they hopped on the trail train, things started. You know, it was like uh, order had been restored to the offense, and then the game just started coming easily. You know, and I, I look. I'll be the first to say it. Levi was terrible tonight. You know what? Very very bad. But as soon as he started sucking in those defensive ends, as soon as Liberty had to start taking chances on defense, he had wide open receivers. You know what? You know what it is? You know what it is? I'm going to tell you straight up. If you take out the Texas game, because the Texas game is just a fluke at this point, if you see the way that they've been playing. Uh, The two other games this season that we have been underdogs... We have thoroughly dominated. And this one yeah. on the road, which is more important. But thoroughly but let's, dominated. Let's, but let's talk about that for a second. It's the and underdog mentality. But let's exactly. And and that's we talked about that last week, right? You know, we play down to opponents that we're favored against, like Georgia's uh Georgia Southern, Arkansas State, South Al, Nichols. But then you go play teams that you're underdog against. Like I think we were underdogs against App and then we're underdogs today and we dominate. But that just goes to show you the potential we have as a team as a whole when you're able to do that. Now, let's talk about Levi for a second. You know, the first half, Levi did not play his best game. He, I think he started off like one for eight, didn't really look poised. But I, I, and I keep repeating myself, and I'm going to say it and say it and say it. In that first few drives, Levi was standing in the pocket trying to – basically, he was lining up in the five wide being a pocket passer. I'll say it, and I'll say it, I'll say it. Levi will never be a pocket passer. He's great on the scramble, and he's great when the run complements him. When it opens up, and that's the scheme opens up, and he's able to run some play action to the to the flat or, or scramble a little bit, throw some rollouts, and even take off running. Because when he started taking off running is when I noticed he started to calm down a little bit. 
that's when he's unstoppable. That's when he's unstoppable. And that's what he did in the second half. You know, we didn't really go pass heavy like we did in the first few drives. We were able to mix the run in there, which opened up the passing game. And Levi actually made some really good throws. And so, you know, I understand, and I've noticed we've done that a few times where we'll start basically, you know, obviously you take what the defense gives you, but I noticed as, as the game went on and we established that run game, Levi got more poised and look how he finished the game. He finished really strong and came out with three touchdown passes and, you know, overall had a pretty decent game when you really think about it. When you look at it from the, the whole perspective. Yeah. Well, I'll be more direct in the first half, mostly in the first quarter though. I, I saw this. Uh, it, it was more obvious to me. We weren't winning on first down. Liberty was stopping the stretch play. They weren't biting on the sweeps. They weren't, they were stopping the, the, the point of attack was going Liberty's way for a while. When we had to rely on Levi to step up in the pocket and make a throw, couldn't do it. Okay. That's what happened in the first half. In the second half, we made some adjustments. We, we basically, look, having Osiris Torrance miss the game was so huge. Whatever we did at half, we made an adjustment here or there, maybe went to more of a, a zone blocking scheme. I don't know. I, I wasn't watching that closely. And I'm not smart enough to know the difference, really, if, I'm, if the left side's doing this or the right side's doing that. But I can, I can tell you, whatever they changed, it was effective because we were able to get three and four and five yards on first down rather than one and two. That opened up the playbook for Levi because Levi's not having to throw an eight, nine, ten yard pass on third down. He's throwing a five or six yard pass on second down. That changes everything. So when everything wasn't riding on the shoulders of the quarterback, we were able to move the football. When they were stopping us and, and winning the line of scrimmage on first and second down in the first half, he was terrible. So, yeah, he threw for three touchdowns, but you guys know what the three touchdowns were, okay? Wide open Neil Johnson, wide open Pierce Meagle, and then the big one over to, uh, to uh, Kyron Lacey, who really made an incredible play on the ball, you know? So, look, I, I don't care what the stats say, and I don't really care about the blowback because we all know at this point who Levi is. I don't think that this is anything, uh, you know, this is not earth-shattering news. He played poorly. Uh, the stats are going to say what they are. But the fact of the matter is we dominated the football game. Josh, Offense I'm, was not there all night long until they needed to be, and when they needed to be, they were there. So, whatever. I'm, I'm going to correct you. Uh, Pierce Meagle did not have a touchdown. Might be. Who was, who was the H-back out of the backfield there? That was Neil Johnson. Okay. His three TD passes were to John Stevens Jr., Kyron Lacey, and then Neil Johnson. John St- oh, yeah, my bad. It was John Stevens first, right? Yeah. The fit- yep. he, he had Stevens and then Lacey on the two 50-50 balls. The we just had was, we just had inches the on their down. DBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The Pierce Meagle pass was that big first down. Right, oh, no, like fourth down. Roll out. Right, fourth yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad. You're which, right, which, Mike. which, job. which Levi almost botched. Well, I mean, he he sold it well, so I'm not going to give him any shit on that. But uh, look, at the end Cause, of the cause day, because you you saw it when when he rolled and when he got ready to make the throw. I don't know if you guys caught this, but he kind of hesitated for a second and he wanted to take off running. And I'm sitting there, just throw the damn ball. Just get the one yard, get the first down. Yeah. Like, the, the thing that, that bugs me the most about Levi is not the, it's not the decisions that he makes most of the time. It's the indecision. You ever watch him run and how he just kind of dances? Like, dude, just put your head down and run. Just get the yards. Not every run has to be this big 30, 40-yard play. Get the five well, yards he's, he's, on second and eight and set up set up third and short. His feet helped the us com- tonight. 
Yeah, the common denominator I've seen about Levi in the past three seasons he's been the starting quarterback is that as the season goes on, his decision-making becomes a lot more crisp on running. Usually those first three or four games on the year, you don't really see him run much. Has it this year, though, because he's still dancing? No, he has. No, since the App State game, he has run a lot, and he's gotten first downs, and he's kept drives going. And I'm, I'm that's not, when he's the most dangerous. Like, I mean, I'm that's not when saying, he's the most dangerous. I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he isn't running a lot. My point is that when he's running, he's not putting his head down and getting positive yardage. Well, he's, I mean, but he's but he's, he's, an, he, athletic, he's, scatting, he's an athlete. He's man. dancing around. But, no, and I get it. But but th- there's not many there's not many athletic quarterbacks that just lower their shoulder anymore. Unless you're Taysom Hill, you know, you're, they, most of those type of jittery quarterbacks they're going to move and when they're going to juke. I mean, that's, it, how, they, that's how they're built. When it's second and eight, I don't want you to to dance around the backfield like you're Reggie Bush 2.0 and get two or three yards. But that's also sometimes his strengths because he's eluded some long sacks doing that. You know, he'll run backwards a little bit, and sometimes you're like, oh, God. But then he'll either make a throw or he, he'll he'll elude like a big blitz. I All mean, right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on because you're not understanding what I'm saying. No, I get exactly what you're saying. But look, he's been our quarterback for three or four years. you got to expect that by now. You can't be surprised by it. I mean, that's that's who he is. That's just that's who he is, and it's. I'm way more stuff. annoyed. I'm way more annoyed when he dances out of bounds for a three yard that, loss rather than throwing it out of bounds. That's, that's the one that bothers. That's what I'm talking about. That's the exact scenarios that I'm talking about. When it's second and eight, and he dances around and ends up dumping it, when he could have just put his head down and got three yards with his feet. Like what the hell are you doing? Look, but I will say I this. Mean, I will say this about this. This is the one thing that that really irks me uh, in the game early fourth and six why why are we putting the it's a 24 yard field goal we got a kick that was in the, that was in the second half second we, half? that was after the interception that Narcisse interception we should have kicked the field goal I mean I'm just gonna say it look 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 here's the thing I know people are saying oh well Nate is is not reliable and he doesn't trust Nate here's the thing you can't abandon the kicking game the guy is not blowing pats 30 feet right okay you cannot give up on the kicking game. We will need him. We're going to need him in the championship. We're going to need him in the bowl game. We're going to need him at ULM. Hell, you never know that they play us tight. You can't abandon a kicking game. He's not horrible. He's not horrible. Well, I know we missed a kick in early in the he, game. He's three, he's three for seven on the year. I mean, I'm not knocking Nate, and I and I agree with you. You can't abandon the kicking game. However, you you're going up three scores there. You got to kick that. I'm sorry. However, I just totally disagree with I, you. I do, I do understand the decision. Yeah. Well, the decision I, I, got I, you zero points. Well, here's so, here's the uh, thing about the decision. Here's another thing too. It, it's it's semantics, right? It depends. If the ball's on the twenty-five and it's a forty-two yard field goal, okay, that's one thing, right? Because it's sure. a longer distance. This sure. is a twenty-four yard field goal. It's this literally an extra point. Yeah. I mean, if if he were Which, to by miss the way, that, in my opinion, it, when's the last time he missed a PAT? Three or four games. Oh, it's been a while. But here's the thing: yeah. if he were to miss that, then at that point, I'm like, go with the freshman, right? If you can't, if you don't trust your kicker to make twenty five yard field goals, right? You you might as well just go with the freshman. And look, I, we all love Nate. We love Nate. Well, it's not but about Nate. It's, it's not about Nate. It's about there are three phases to the game. You can't abandon the kicking game. You can't do it. We cannot continue to go for it on fourth and ten and fourth and eight inside the twenty. That's ridiculous. We got to kick the ball. I know we won the game, and I know it's a small. It's going to be a small footnote because we won by twenty eight. But but we're projecting ahead to to closer games. Got to kick the ball there. You you have the ability Absolutely. to go up three scores on a high powered offense. 
I just thought it was a terrible decision. I thought it was a terrible decision uh, last week, and I thought it was a terrible decision the week before that. So I, I was interested in your, your thoughts, your guys' thoughts on that. Well, I think it depends. Again, it depends on where you are. If it's supposed, if, if your kicker's struggling, it's anything beyond 40 yards, that's one thing. But anything within 30, 35 yards, that was a 24-yard field goal. I mean, I, I would have taken the points. That's just me. Luckily, we, we, we made the stop on the next drive. But, um, you know, moving forward in the you know, next week, the championship game, you're going to have to take as much as you can, you know, um, take what you can get. And I think that was the situation. Even me, I'm like, why, why are we going for it? Just because you, you're, you're up 31, 14, if you make the kick and if you miss the kick, well, you, you go in the same situation you were in when you went for it, right? You don't get it. You give them the ball back anyway. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I would have taken the points, but look, I'm not, I'm not Billy Napier. I'm not the coach. I'm just, I'm just watching, but I, I probably would have taken the points on that. With the win, the Cajuns improved to ten and one on the year, still seven and zero in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, with App State being victorious over Troy today, forty-five to seven, the Sun Belt Championship game is set December fourth, two thirty, from Cajun Field. It will be the Cajuns and the Mountaineers. You know, obviously, we we have one more game to play before that, and and. None of us are overlooking ULM when I ask this question. Early thoughts on the conference championship game? Well, I am overlooking ULM because they stink. Um, but we're allowed before, to. We're fans. Yeah, yeah, we're fans. We can do that. Uh, also, before we leave uh, Liberty, I don't know if you guys are done with Liberty, but how about first and goal from inside the five to fourth, fourth and goal on the 44? <laughs> that is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in football ever. Uh, Have you ever seen that before? Not like that. Yeah, actually, no, I, I, I did, I think. And it was us was in 1997 tech? against ULM, our Northeast at the time for our homecoming. I think we had first and 10 from like the 12. Uh-huh. And with penalties and loss of yardage, we had to punt from like the 50. We were out of field goal range. So, yeah, a couple we, of years we've ago, done it before. You were a couple of years ago. I, I don't know if it was a goal-to-goal situation, but Tech had – I don't know who they were playing. I think it was a conference. Mississippi team. State. Was it, it was like – Third and ninety three or some shit. Yeah, because they muffed it. They muffed it. The, the <laughs> yeah. snap over the quarterback's head, and they kept bouncing and bouncing, and it became fourth and goal on like their own eight yard line or something. So it was like, goal to go. Yeah, that's what I was. It was like to fourth and ninety two. <laughs> something <laughs> ridiculous, but you know, um, it just was one of those nights where I think a lot went wrong for Liberty, but we were the catalyst for that. Uh, we made Liberty earn everything. We said before the game, contain Malik Willis. That's the keys to victory. And not only did we we contain him, I mean, we took him out the game. They put their backup in, who also threw an interception in that last, to the last two minutes of the game. You know, talking about ULM, uh, Matt, I, I, I again, and I'll, I'll mention this next week on our next episode, you know, we don't, we don't put ULM away at home. Um, and I'm curious to see um, how we react because, again, you know, we, we already have the game set in two weeks. I still want to win the game. I still want to go 11-1, and one, be ranked into the championship game. But, you know, to answer your question about the championship game, if we play like we did tonight, there's a lot of P5 schools we could beat. You know, that, that doesn't even count App State. Look, we've, we've got, we've got the, um, the formula to beat App State. We did it in October. And we did it with domination. Another 28-point victory. So, you know, one thing we've done, and I said it earlier, I'll say it again. We beat them in the trenches. We, we, I, I think if we do what we did tonight against App State and play them at the line of scrimmage and dominate them in the trenches, we're um, going to be holding up that trophy. I'm period. telling I you, mean, I'm telling you right now, 
that App State team that we faced in October is not going to be the same App State team that we played in two weeks. They, they won't, but but you know what though? That you can only do so much to change that. You can you can't. It's not like they can turn on some type of turbo, go on turbo drive, and all of a sudden come in here and just flip the roles there. I, 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 unless we have a horrible day, um, what, that's why I feel good about that game. Not saying that it's going to be. It's not going to be an easy win. It, that playing App State is never an easy win, but but the formula's out on them. And we've we've done it the last two matchups. We've beaten them at the line of scrimmage. We've been more physical than them. I I feel if we stay healthy, if we're healthy through the ULM, I'm I, I'm not I'm not going to worry about it. We just got to take care of business. I don't really have much to say about ULM because they're a technical school that shouldn't be a community college or what are they? Are they a four-year university? I don't even remember. Yeah, they're supposedly, supposedly they have some sort of pharmacy school. Who knows? It's probably, that's, that's a myth. That, that ULs uh, that Lafayette's about to take, but you know, whatever. Look, dude, I don't care about ULM. We're their Super Bowl and we're still going to win by 50. Zero worries about it. Uh, as far as the championship game, my number one, um, Concern, I guess I can use a concern word, is just how we host it. Just I want our game day experience to be the, the best that it's ever been. I want to be the best host that these people have ever seen. I want to put on a great event for the national audience that's going to be watching the game. And I want our boys to show up and play the best game that they've played. So uh, it, it is a bit, you know, looking a bit ahead, but uh, no, we have an, a golden opportunity to have a seminal moment at Cajun field and all of us fans included supporters, included administration, all of us have a role to play. Everybody be as hospitable as you can. If you see an App State fan, feed them, give them something to drink. Uh, just be yourself. Be your Cajun self. You know, welcome them, welcome them to a, a very cultured environment. That something that they don't have the opportunity to ever see. Um, let's be unique. Let's be who we are. But no, I, I think that December fourth is going to be a a huge moment for our football program now and going forward. Yeah, I, I'm nervous. I, I won't even lie to you. Um, <laughs> I, I get I get super nervous every time we play App State, and I think that's largely because of Cajun disaster syndrome. But and, and yes, I understand that the last two times we have played them, we have dominated them in the trenches. We've had their you game were- plan figured out. I, I get all of that. However, and, and this is not me knocking. Our football program, this is just me spilling the truth. We don't show up in big moments. I'm sorry, what? Huh? What did I just hear? We don't show up in big moments. Didn't you predict us to lose this game today? Today is not what I'm talking about when I say a big moment. Look at the first two championship game, games against App State. We, we shit the bed both times. We weren't nearly as talented as we they weren't, were. We weren't years. anywhere It wasn't even close. In fact, the fact that we were in the game was a miracle. The Mississippi less, State game. Competing. Shit the bed against them. Two we weren't as totally good as they were. different. Yeah, I mean, it, look, this team, this is three years. It's year, that was year two of Billy Napier. This is year four. I mean, and look, I know people, oh, Texas, Texas, look, 
That was a completely different Texas team those first three weeks of the season compared to it's the a, Texas team that we're seeing But it's a now. fair criticism. We didn't play well. We played it's poorly true. in that game. We played bad. And look, I'm going to be nervous. I'm Look, that championship game I told my wife, I'm going to be nervous, you know, because it's a big, would, it's something we haven't I, accomplished in I, 50 I'd be, years. But, I'd be nervous if we were playing West Monroe. It's a championship game. Of course I'm going to be nervous. But, but, but at the same time, we have to, we have to trust the system that got us to this point. We have to trust the system that got us, that has us in the top 25. We've got to trust the system that is, that is, that is, is, is getting, that is, causing our coach to get looked at by other schools. We have to trust the system that has given us 10 straight wins. I mean, obviously we're doing something right to get us to this point. And we just have to keep trusting, keep trusting that system, keep trusting the process. And if we don't, don't know, hold on, hold on. Stop right there. I never want to hear the words, trust the process out of your mouth. Why? Because who coined that phrase? The Philadelphia 76ers. And how well did that work out for them? Don't say trust the process. Say trust the game plan. Say trust the system. Whatever. Don't say trust the process. You want to show me your rabbit's tail too while we're at it? I mean, I'm not going to wood for you. I'm not a fan of the office, but Michael Scott once said, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say trust the process. Look, Nick Saban says that he wins championships every year. So I mean, it's it. it I mean, it cheater. obviously works for someone. You cheater. No, I mean, hey, look, it is what it is. I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it I, right now. I'm not worried about it. I'm enjoying the win for tonight. I'm going to focus on ULM, and then come game week, I'm going to get a little nervous. I'm scared. Moving forward, though, uh, for that game, let's just enjoy it for right now. We're in the championship. We're ten and one. 24-hour record. Rule. You got to enjoy the yeah, W, listen, right, Jerry? You went on hey, the road. I, I, hey. I, I, I'll, I I'll say that. Yeah, let me let me ask you this. I got to ask you a question before we make a comment, right? This is one of the best road wins we've had since Iowa State, and even oh, before sure. Iowa State. It's one of the best road wins in the Billy Napier area. This is a good a team. time. This yeah. is a good team. It's one of the best defensive performances we've seen, like I said, in years. Um, first of all, you know, I remember we were talking on the board about how far we've come, and I, I don't want to go back into the 80s and all that stuff, but just how far we've come this season. We started with Texas, and we completely just did not show up in that game, and it might have taught us some some lessons, some valuable lessons early, but this team has continued to improve. Regardless of our small gripes about this, that, or the other, the team has continued to improve. One, one thing I absolutely love about this version of the Raging Cajuns football team is that they show up in big games. I love it. I love that. You, you – I the idea that we were underdog, underdogs in this game was hilarious. I mean, it was free money. Uh, but but this team and this this coaching staff always shows up on the big stage. You can't really put a price tag on that. So uh, I know that beating a team twice in one year is difficult, especially a program with pride and a program that expects to win like App State. Um, so, so, look, I understand that there's some hesitance there. I totally understand it. However – we went on the road and beat Liberty. Liberty's a good team. It's a good quarterback that we made look pedestrian. That is something to celebrate, guys, something to celebrate. I know we're critical, and we watch the game a little bit differently than most, but it's something to celebrate. I feel great about the win. You know, eight minutes into that game, I didn't feel too good, but they went out there, and they, they took care of business, and sometimes it wasn't so beautiful, but they took care of business. And, and my, my lasting question would be for each of you, if you had a guy that stood out outside of the big names like Chauncey, who had a freaking monster night, who, was there anybody that really popped off the screen that you didn't expect? Before I answer that question, I have an update on Osiris Torrance. 
Oh, no. Osiris Torrance did not play today because he is currently in concussion protocol. Oh, no. After getting in an automobile accident on Thursday. Oof. His status for the next game is uncertain. Well, so, we need him. That's why That's why Torrance was out today. We need him on December 4th. I hope uh, everything's all right. Kevin Kevin Foote just posted that on Twitter. So that's why that's why we didn't have Osiris Torrance today. Um, you know, somebody that, that stood out to me. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys will find this a cop out answer, but Imani Bailey missed three games. He's still my, he's, he's still my answer, man. Missed missed three games. It fully expected him to to have some rust. And I mean, carries the ball thirteen times for sixty yards and a score. I mean that that last touchdown drive, he was. He was the, the he was the drive. He was the difference. I agree, Matt. I think sometimes people's value come to light when they're not available. And and, and Imani Bailey was the yeah. difference. To, the, 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 stats, the stats aren't gaudy from Imani today, but huge performance. Huge. That was that was my answer. Imani Bailey coming in coming in from an injury that, you know, that kept him out for many, many games to come back in and just pick up from where he left off. Peter LeBlanc and, and made Peter Peter LeBlanc made two big catches. He, he he made a big play down the seam. Um I mean Johnny Lump Johnny Lumpkin that that passed down the sidelines that Levi hit him with. That that set up a touchdown. Uh, yeah, it was Cam, great to see tight ends catching balls. Cam Podesclo. We, we talk yeah. about him every week. He's always around. Yeah, I, I was going to say Makai Gardner. That was going to yeah. be mine. Yeah. I mean, really made big impact plays early and often in that game, really changed that game a lot. Dude, and, and I know he's going to hear this and he's going to love that we're talking about him. Reese Burns. We don't talk about this kid enough. Five punts, 220 yards. He had two inside the 20. His longest punt of the day was 52 yards. When it, when it comes to way, flipping the that's field... That's gaudy, the man. When, when it comes to flipping the field, yeah. he has to be one of the best that's, in the country. That's no gaudy. He's a weapon. By the way, that, that play by Percy on the, on the fumble muff. Um, wow, what a great play. That's not something you see every day. Reese Burns is 21st in the country in punt average. 47 yards a punt he's averaging on the year. That's insane. And we have him for another year. He's only a junior. Unreal. Can you say? Unreal, man. That's that's why I was saying you can't abandon the kicking game with Nate. There are three phases to win football games. Uh, We still got to rely on these guys to make plays. I mean, we can't just stop kicking the ball, you know. But, no, shout-out to Reese. I mean, you know, what can you say? The guy's awesome. With Once again, with the win, the Cajuns improved to 10-1, and one, still 7-0 and oh in the Sunbelt Conference. Liberty falls to 7-4 and four on the season. Next week, we will be at home for senior day against UL Monroe. Um, I don't expect attendance to be great. Uh, you know, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is hard. Because, I mean, think about it. The only people that are truly going to be there are the people that host families for Thanksgiving. Like, if you're traveling out of town for Thanksgiving, more than likely you're not going to be there. You're going to go where you're going with your family for the long weekend. 
Uh, so I, I don't have really expectations for attendance. Uh, senior day, obviously, that's always a uh, a good time to honor honor the seniors. Um, but man, there, there's just going to be a lot of buzz about next Saturday. Not next Saturday. Yeah, two, two Saturdays from now. There, look, I. If you're in Lafayette, go to the game. It's a three o'clock kickoff. The weather, sh- if it's anything like it was today, you should go to the game. Honor these seniors. Honor, just enjoy the ride of 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 this football team and what it's been able to do. Um, I, I just feel like this is one of those games where, yes, Monroe is really good. They always give us a run for our money. I say they're really good when they come to Cajun Field. They always give us a game, but um, you know, we're we're still. Look, we got we're ten and one. We're nationally ranked. I mean, we're we're hosting the championship in two weeks. What better way to to thank our seniors for accomplishing this than showing up on Saturday? Uh, again, if the weather's like this at a three o'clock kickoff, um, there's no reason why we shouldn't get over twenty one, twenty two thousand minimum, minimum. Um, so if you're in town, I know Matt, you bring up a good point. You know, if you're hosting and you're in town, there's no other reason to go anywhere else but Cajun Field on Saturday to support this team and support these seniors. Well, it's the senior class that has done historic things at this program. We owe it to them. I mean, that's about as plain and clear as I can say it. We owe it to them. Let's go show up and say thanks. I'll be there. Yeah, no no question about it. Three o'clock kickoff ESPNU from Cajun Field. Uh, Quickly, before before we go, women's basketball getting a big win over UNO today, 64-45. to Alicia Blanton, 12 points, leading scorer for the Cajuns. Ty Doucette getting six rebounds and two assists. And then tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network, men's basketball in Bloomington, Indiana, to play the Hoosiers. Big game. Indiana currently, according to Vegas, is a 14-point favorite. Big game. Statement there, game. There were some big games uh, played earlier this afternoon. Matt, did you have um, the SM, SMU got totally destroyed by Cincinnati? Yeah, obliterated. Uh, UTSA ended up pulling it out. I think right. Yeah, they scored with two seconds yeah. left to win it. Damn. Yeah. Uh, ODU four and zero as yeah. a Sun Belt member. Uh, Marshall got a win today. San Diego State. San Diego State got taken to the wire by UNLV last night. Yeah, Marshall got a win off, today. Yeah. Old Dominion Marshall got a win winning. today. Nice. Southern um, Miss got a win last night. How about that, guys? Southern Dude. Miss beat the Knicks with no quarterback. Oh, my Georgia, God. In Ruston. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia Southern hung around with number 14 BYU for a while. Uh, that ended up being 34-17 to 17 in favor of the Cougars. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a good day. All in all, um, obviously a dominating win from the Cajuns. And, uh, I mean, what more can you say? We're 10-1. Absolutely. Loving it. Loving That's it. Good. I can't wait for my... I can't wait to give thanks to my man. I tell you what, Spiel, next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Looking forward. We will come to you guys next week with Behind Enemy Lines on the Warhawks before that game next Saturday. And then after that, we've got some exciting news about our conference championship preview. We'll bring you that and more next week on Rage and Review. You guys know the drill. Be safe. Be well. We're 10 and 1, baby.